You're listening to the City Network Podcast. Our mission is to grow and multiply healthy churches in the Treasure Valley and beyond. Head to thecitynetwork.org for more info on our initiatives to catalyze church transformation and church planting. Here's today's podcast. All right, welcome to the City Network Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Frazier. I'm pastor at Redemption Hill. And today I have the distinct pleasure of having uh, a good friend that I've gotten to know the last few years, Brian Taylor with us with E3 Church. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Glad yeah. you're here. Thank you. Good to be here, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, we got together, I think it was a little over two years ago. We sat down yeah. and uh, you were the um, executive pastor at mm-hmm. Grace Bible Church out in Nampa, Idaho. And, uh, you know, I, I've invited you here today to talk a little bit about your journey and what's happened. So just just start out by giving us a little sample of like, who are you? What have you been doing? And then your story over the last year. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, well, I was, I was born and raised in Idaho. And um, there's not many of us. No, there's not. No, there's not. But love what God's doing in our community. And um, just about 11 years ago, um, came on as the executive pastor at Grace and Keith Wagner's lead pastor there. And it was just three of us. It was uh, Matt Ritchie, our youth pastor, Keith and myself. And um, just kind of started a new journey, kind of we created our mission and our vision there at Grace. And, um, honestly, it's an, it's a role that I never dreamed I would, I would actually do. I, I was a youth pastor in Tennessee for three and a half years before that. And Keith called me, or uh, um, the guy before Keith, I should say, called me out here and said, Hey, come home. Uh, we need your help. And, um, God just opened up multiple doors and through that process. And then in 2011, Keith came on and, um, it's just been a fun, fun journey, um, to see what God's done. So, Came into the role. Keith came on in 2011 and um, came on to the role of executive pastor uh, that following year. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about the journey at Grace Bible and kind of what God's been doing over the last nine years since Keith showed up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we were were running about 150 people um, at the time. And in that um, time frame, uh, just felt like God was call us to kind of start develop our mission and, and vision and our core values and all of that. And we sat down for about seven months, just working through, okay, who are we going to be? What does this look like? Who's Grace Bible Church? If Grace Bible Church didn't exist, how would we be missed? All of those kinds of questions. And just started whiteboarding dreams and things that God was calling us to. And um, it was in those, that first year really was a catalyst for, um, a lot of who Grace Bible Church is now. Um, we wanted one of the questions that was asked of Keith that first year was, "What do you what do you deem a healthy church?" And Keith had never been a pastor before; it was his first time too. He's kind of in, in a new role, and and Keith, one of the things he said at the very beginning that we were all passionate about is he said, "I want I want to be known to be a sending church," and one of the things that will mark us as a healthy church is if we're sending church. And so we set out on a mission to make sure that was a reality and went through a lot of things um, early in those first few years. You know, I remember when people, when I was hired, people were like, well, what's his role? What's he going to do? <laughs> Why does this person exist? I mean, he's, he does a little on Sundays. What does he do the rest of yes, the week? You know? Yes. The other six days. <laughs> um, yeah. And so there was a lot of 
unknowns. You know, the church had never really had that role before. And so we just started kind of building into that. And Keith, one of the things he did early on that I think was key um, as a church and all of us wanted to be not only a sending church, but an empowering church. And early on, Keith just was like, listen, I'm putting Brian in this role. This is going to be his responsibilities. And I'm fully giving him permission to to lead it. And I think the trust um, early on was was huge um, for him to really give me the keys to lead at the level that I I was going to have to. Um, but what I looking back on it now that was so key to that is I I didn't know I'd never been in that role before, and it, I grew so much through that because of his trust and his ability to to release me. That um, seems like a pretty clear marker of Keith is high level of trust and yeah. like he, he hands things away pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, he does. And there was, there was, um, you know, a lot of people in the history of the church, you know, trust had been kind of destroyed a little bit, just to be honest. And, um, there was, there was a struggle with, well, you know, we don't want to relinquish this from the pastor, you know, that's his job. And, and so when Keith started empowering, he had to really kind of create that safety and and help people understand that this is okay. And I think through that, the reason I mentioned that is was a key part of handing the baton off to other leaders because it was in that year where we saw so much um, exponential growth in our leadership because, you know, from volunteers to staff Keith, all the way down through, our, I feel like in our leadership, we started trusting people who were better fits than ourselves even um, to lead. And we watched God just um, do some cool things. So having said that, um, that started the journey. Uh, and that was key to know where we were headed, what we were going to be focused on. And then when we started empowering that leadership, we watched the church be the church mm-hmm. and really do what it needed to do. And now, um, this last year we were running about 1200 people and we've got three different locations and we're watching God, um, at grace, just do amazing things, um, through that. And if Keith would have held on to all of that, um, he would have squelched that leadership. And so it's been cool to see that. Yeah. So tell me a year ago, your life was pretty simple. You had a great job at yeah. doing ministry you loved with friends and yeah. And then God just kind of ruined all that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I Robert, honestly, I, I saw myself in that role for the rest of my life. I loved being in that support role. Um, my role was to just execute the vision and and make sure that um I was hearing the voice of Keith and the lead pastor and the vision God was laying on our hearts making sure we were in unity, but then going and implementing that and executing that on down through the church. And I loved it. I loved my team, the team I got to work with, campus pastors, um, everything that I was doing. Um, My focus was staff development and working with them and then overseeing the administration side of things and then strategic planning, you know, long-term planning. And I just, I was thriving. I was, I was loving all of it. And about a year and a half ago, I found myself just all of a sudden becoming discontent. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and I'm like, why am I, why am I struggling? Why am I discontent? Why, why am I unsettled? And knowing what I know now, obviously, um, God was preparing me for something 
And it was in that time of season of discontent, I just started leaning into Keith and saying, all right, you need to know this is how I'm feeling. And we had some real heart to heart conversations and just, again, Keith was a very good friend of mine. We're still very close. And, and I just started opening up saying, man, this is what I'm feeling. He could sense something new was coming. He could sense God was leading me into something. Some church consultant work was opening up. I was doing some coaching there um, with some other churches, which I love. And I thought maybe God was calling me into like parachurch stuff. And as God just continued to lead, I, I ended up getting this random free trip to Israel. Um, and <laughs> that doesn't yeah, happen. Tell me a story sometime, okay. Cause I'd like one of those. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, a buddy of mine, their church was taking a trip to Israel. Um, and they said, Hey, we've got two tickets. Do you guys want to go? And I'm like, well, I'd love to, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And, um, they, they said, no, we're, we're giving them to you for half price. You, yours is free. And then whoever else wants to go with you. Well, long story short, my wife ends up getting to go with me. Um, uh, some people raised money and said, Hey, your wife's going to go. We've raised the money for it. And it was just, it blew us away. Yeah. And, uh, I get to Israel and I'm standing in the community where Jesus did 75% of his ministry. And I was standing on Mount Arbel where many scholars believe Jesus taught the sermon on the Mount. And I, I just prayed asking God, help us know how to change communities the way that you, and, and reach communities the way that you reached communities. What does that look like? Help us to know what that looks like in the Treasure Valley. I, I have a heart for this, for the Treasure Valley, and I wanted to see life change happen at a greater level. And, you know, I was praying that prayer uh, for Grace Bible Church and for, uh, you know, having no idea what God was going to be leading me to. You got to be more careful about what you're Yes, exactly. About. That's on you. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so a month later, um, I was actually at the Exponential Conference, and it was there where um, a guy, I can't even remember his name, but the guy made the statement. He said, God called us to build rivers, not manage lakes. Mm. And God used that phrase for me to just literally, I, I don't remember anything else that was taught in that breakout session where God said, I'm calling you down to the river. I'm calling you to the river. And I had this vision of the lake for me was Grace Bible Church. And I'm like, yeah, but God, I love Grace Bible Church. You know, um, I, this sounds horrible, but I was like, you know, that was my thing. You know, that, that yeah. that's what I did. And, and it was comfortable and, and it was, it was good. And, and I found myself becoming discontent and God said, there's something new coming. Mm. Well, the next day at Exponential, the second day of the conference, um, I think it was Joby Martin. Yeah. Um, yeah. got up and spoke on fear is a liar. And that was and, great talk, man. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, man, it was like he was looking into my life. And mm. one of the main things that I feared that I even pushed back on Keith sometimes was getting up front and teaching. And um I was very insecure. Um, long story short, um, had to go through some some things to experience. Okay. This is, I'm, I'm having an insecurity issue here. This is something I've got to, I've got to surrender to God. But when Joby was talking about that, God took me to a place of saying, I'm asking you to preach. I won't, I'm calling you out. And, um, I didn't know what that meant, what that looked like yet, but, um, God said, stop fearing right now. I want you to let go of your job. 
And that's all I remember here. I'm like, wait a second. That doesn't make sense. There's I'm a strategic thinker, right? I've got to have a plan. And, uh-huh. and I'm, and God's like, I'm asking you for a job. Well, it was so strong and so clear. Um, that before we even left the auditorium, I pulled Keith up, Keith was there. And I said, dude, you gotta, I, I gotta talk to you. And I said, I, I, this sounds crazy. It doesn't make any sense. But Keith and I sat in the auditorium and started talking. I said, I feel like God just asked me to let go of my role at Grace. And <laughs> I don't know if uh, it was crazy. Keith literally, he's, he stopped, looked at me, and he goes, yeah, God told me he was going to tell you that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. thanks. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh-huh. And um, and we just started praying. He goes, Keith told me, he goes, Brian, I've watched you for the last six months. And I knew God was going to do something new in your life. And I didn't know what it is. And we still didn't know at that time. So I, he said, let's just, let's commit together, man. We're going to pray about this. Whatever it is God wants for you, I want for you. Um, And, and he just committed to praying with me. Um, A week later, I was on my back porch, man. And I was praying reading through the book of Acts. I was studying through the book of Acts with a couple of my campus pastors. Another dangerous thing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, and God just laid it open and made it so clear that Brian, I'm calling you to plant a church. And, Mm -hmm. um, I haven't questioned it since. And the following week, God opened up this vision of, and gave me a vision for CUNA, Idaho to engage, equip, empower people of God's design for their life. And we believe that if we do that every day, and live that out, that we'll see change lives, change communities. And God brought me back to that prayer I prayed in Israel. Um, and so that's the vision of what we're trying to do. And it's just been awesome. It's been a crazy journey. I don't have it figured out. We've, I've never done this before. Um, I'm leaning into a lot of people who are ahead of me, people like yourself that, um, have done this before, but, um, I'm excited about it. Cool, man. Well, I, we've talked a little bit about that story, but it's nice to hear the, yeah. hear the contours of it. Um, so you're, you said last summer, probably like last May, June, you kind of made the decision yeah. to, to plan. Yeah. Um, we, that was, that was in, um, May and then, um, it was in June where we, we sold our house and, um, we're actually living with my parents right now. God bless Suffering them. Suffering for the gospel, man. <laughs> and just trying to prepare and, you yep. know, be ready for when that season comes, we're launching in September. And, um, so we're just, we're just in a season right now of just preparing and getting ready for the launch. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into the nuts and bolts. You know, you've told the story, but I I think there's a lot of guys who are in the process as they're thinking about planting. Yeah. So this was seven months ago. Mm -hmm. You've felt the call. Mm -hmm. Um, we're in January, middle of January right now. What have you done? What has been the the things that you're glad you've done? What are the things that um, that you still need to do? And then what's the next you know season look like as you prepare for the launch in September? Yeah, I first of all let me say this. I want to come back to this because I I think this is huge. Um, one of the things that I have done that I am going to highly recommend in our church plant when we launch, we want to be a a church that's planting churches. Um, that's one of our passion, um, as well. But one of the things that I have seen and been able to experience is what a sending church should look like. Um, and some things they've done really well. And that is just really one financially get behind me and truly say, we're either all in or we're not. And, um, those are from their, those are actual words from them. And Keith has, um, fully, put his 
weight of behind being ascending church and, and Grace Bible Church has just said, okay, we're going to do this. It doesn't have to have our name. It's not about the name. It's about the kingdom of God. And, um, they have put total support. So the things that have been really good is sings having ascending church was, was huge for us. I cannot tell you the support that that has, um, helped with, um, Another thing is I just started rallying around other other church planners in the community and just reaching out to them, sitting down with them and saying, okay, man, tell me what you know. I want to, whatever I can learn and glean from you. And watching the Big C Church, churches in the valley, just surround, rally around me. I cannot, uh, let me say this, when you, when you plant a church, for me, this has been my experience. When you go out and follow the call of God like this, one of the things that I have experienced is a sense of loneliness. Like I, Satan loves to isolate you in every way that he can. And I say that to, to give credit to God in how close God has been through his church. Hmm. Um, one of the things that has been so cool is my identity, to be, to be honest, in a lot of ways was at Grace Bible Church. And what I learned and God has been teaching me that's good is how much my identity has become a part of just the big C church and the kingdom of God. So, um, so dig into that. Like, yeah. What does that mean to you? Yeah. I, when I, when I, it, it was uncomfortable for, for myself, my family, and for even, I think people at the church at grace, like, okay, why is Brian and going and launching another church, you know? And there was a sense of loyalty that I had at Grace Bible Church, just to speak to a personal level of it, of like, man, I I wanna I wanna help Grace. And it's like these I, are my people. Yeah, they these are my people. Me. I love them. I wanna I wanna see them win. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, the reality that jumped out immediately was all of a sudden Satan started attacking me from within. And one of the ways he did that was, and again, this is no fault to anybody at Grace. It just was, he was using people to go, why aren't you creating another Grace Bible Church? Mm-hmm. And the questions and the, and the, hey, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And all of a sudden, I felt like I was on an island. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I wasn't, and Keith was right there, we were meeting weekly, and we, he was fully behind me, and the team was, Um there was a sense of like, all of a sudden I, my identity, I was lost. I was kind of like, okay, what, who are my people now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you've and, been, you've, you've, you've removed yourself from where you've seen your identity as a part of a tribe. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm on my own. I'm yeah. disconnected. Even, even if you're in process and you're mm-hmm. still at Grace Bible on Sundays and you're around, all of a sudden you've got this new thing you're pursuing. Yeah. And, this is one of the hardest things for me and for a lot of church planters is you have to leave home. You've got to walk out of Ur yeah. and, and yeah. go on this journey into the desert, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side and knowing you've got to create it, which feels really, that's your, your sense of identity and your also sense of just community all of a sudden right. disintegrates. Yeah. Yeah. And it's costly. A new, yeah. yeah. And a new way of living. Um, one, my calling, I come back to that. It was really important. Something that was really good was I had to know my wife and my kids were as called to this as I was. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that was one of my specific prayers early on and watching God call my kids, my 13 year old, I'll never forget the day she walked up to me and said, 
God, God clarified with me in a specific prayer that I prayed. He answered it within 24 hours, Dad. I know God's calling us to plant a church because of this. Mm-hmm. And to hear my 13-year-old and her faith grow through this and hear her say that was a faith builder for me. I needed to know that. Um, my wife, just watching God independently lead my wife to this calling as much as I am. And it was my wife that came in. Uh, I, I had I had received the call on a Saturday on my back porch. And I said, God, you got to call my wife and my family to this as much as I am. I hadn't said a word to my wife. And two days later, my wife texts me and says, I don't know if this is of God or what, but I feel like God just told us to plant a church. And so seeing God yeah. independently talking to my family, um, he confirmed so many things through that. Mm-hmm. Um Whenever I shared it with the church board, our church board at Grace, watching several board members say, I knew God was going to do this a long time ago. And mm-hmm. them, again, affirming and um, that calling. But again, one of the good things was watching, and then outside of Grace, whenever I kind of felt at a loss, and I'm on an island here, watching other churches, other pastors reaching out to me and saying, I hear about your calling. Sit, I want to sit down and talk to you them texting me out of the blue. Um, they have no idea when they text me how lonely. I, I don't know how to say it, Robert, but yeah. um, them text me and just say, hey, I'm praying for you, man. Keep yeah. it up. Um, that, God has used that in so many ways, in a sense, to give, what I love that word, what you said, tribe, to build my new tribe, in mm-hmm. a sense, and, mm-hmm. and watching God just surround me with other believers um, because I knew we were going out into the wilderness and we were on a wilderness journey. Um, but I know God has that vision and that clarity of how, what reaching CUNA is going to look like. And I have no question about it, what it's, how we're going to get there, yeah. what, how it's all going to come together. I don't know that. Um, I'm not, I'm not in charge of the results. I'm just in charge of being obedient. I'm, I'm getting all so. emotion over here, <laughs> hearing, hearing how God brought his church around you. I mean, that's been it's been our vision and our hope as the City Network is to see the sort of deep friendships yeah. that allow us to partner in deeper ways. Like this this year, the exponential theme is uh, the great collaboration. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm excited to think about how God can prop up, you know, these these little infant churches yeah, me, he brings along. Let yeah. me let me say something to that. I One of the things that really, going back to that loneliness and that isolation early on, one of the things that I felt like was good it, that God brought me to this place is he's like, I've, you've done what I've asked you to do. You've developed leaders. There's, there's leaders at Grace that can take this and take it further. They can do above and beyond what you've done. Mm-hmm. It's time to move on. And God was calling me. I, I love, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. You know, I love that. Um, but I, I had such a heart for the community. And and I did. I caught the vision of um you know, multiple different environments, not just exponential, but I, I genuinely, I'm a, I'm a very optimistic person. Whenever I see something, I'm like, we can get there. Here's how we're going to get it done. And yeah, it might be messy, but one of the things God has shown me through this process is you got to be willing to get in the mess, to impact the mess. Um, salt and light, right. Um, and salt only impacts what it, what it comes in contact with. And God just, had brought me this and confirmed multiple things through that. And 
So I'm like, okay, God, I'm willing to be tossed out of the salt shaker in a sense and go out and try to impact where you're calling me to. But I don't want to do this alone. And part of sometimes what I've learned is when I'm feeling isolated and lonely, Satan wants me to just sit and Satan wants me to isolate. Yep. And what I've learned is I've got to reach out. And so part of that that has been good is um, being able to reach out and those pastors and those other ministry leaders being willing to take the time to sit down with me yeah. and encourage me. It just happened this last week. I was talking to Cody Burbage over at Create Church. and He's been, um, He was our first guest on okay. the C Network podcast. Okay. They know all about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've called Cody and I'm like, dude, how can all of these things happen in amidst so much good? And, um, and we were talking through that, that feeling. Um, and Cody just lifted me up, man. And I, I I've had so many people do that. That's um, great. So, well, so you're from here, you've been doing ministry here. You've got a pretty broad network of people you're connected to. Um, what do you think that should look like for a, a parachute guy who's coming in and isn't connected? Those are some of the loneliest people just because they, they don't have those relationships. Yeah. What would you tell them to do? Yeah. I, I just would encourage them. You didn't tell me to say this, but I'm, I, I mean this, I, I would encourage them to connect with places like city network that can start building uh, a collaboration of people who are doing what we're doing. Um, I think sometimes there's an intimidation or this feeling, this pressure, like we've got to become like the successful churches or be what, you know, somebody else might be doing it well. And am I going to be able to live up to that? And there's this internal pressure. I just, I just would encourage guys to break those walls down yeah. by reaching out and asking questions more than feeling like you got to have it figured out. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I do think that there's a couple of guys around town who, if you contact them, they're not going to contact you back just because they're busy or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. But almost everybody, almost everybody I know in ministry here in Boise wants to be yeah. in the the kingdom. They want to be a part of the big C church and see God win souls here in our city. Yeah. And, I, and I think across the board, almost all of them would sit down with you, share their story and just be in your, on your team yeah. like in terms of prayer. So like if, if you're out there and you're looking at like, I, I need, I need friendship, like just reach out, including me. And I would give you, I'd give you the names of 12 people right yeah. away who would say they'd love to buy you lunch and hear your story yeah. and, and support you in your Robert, ministry. I have a list of 35 churches right now that are in contact with me. That's that incredible. are, that are intentionally reaching out to me. And, and I've got about, 12 of those churches now that have said, we want to be a part of this journey with you, Brian. That's awesome. And that is a kingdom minded community. And, and those are all got, local treasure Valley. Yep, churches. Those are all treasure Valley churches. And, um, those Man, 35, that's so cool. those 35 churches have not only said, we want to be a part of this, but every time I run into them or I call them, I, I have yet to not, have them reach back out to me. Um, I'll see a church, um, in East Boise that I really like what they're doing here. And I, I want to learn something from them. So I call them, Hey, what are you doing here? I, I see a church in Caldwell or Nampa or, and, and from small to large churches, it doesn't matter what size it's, it's kingdom minded people who I'm just learning from. And, awesome. um, 
I, that is, that is my network right now. And it, it is, it is my church family. That's all I have right now, other than the, the launch team that God's bringing me obviously. But, um, it is, it is critical for me. I've learned so much. Um, so I, I would say this to the person who's parachuting in, um, there's been several of them who doesn't know anybody. I, I would encourage you to to reach out to myself, to other pastors. I, I would be willing to share that list with you um, and just say, here you go. These are people you want to be in contact with. Mm-hmm. Learn what you can from them. And But more than that, um, I love that many of those pastors have said, how are you doing, Brian? Yeah. It's not about the methods. It's It's about them caring for not only my soul, but my family. And, um, that that's been huge. Awesome. Well, so we've got a little bit of time left about seven, 10 minutes. I want to take, just love to talk through like, what have been some of the big rocks that have been like, okay, as you're thinking strategically from, you know, the, the date of like confirming your calling to launch date, what are you working on? What sort of a model are you working from in terms of planting and uh, what's kind of, what do you need for these next steps? Yeah. Um, I I think what I'm working on right now is we're, we're, we're in the middle of fundraising. Um, and it's been awesome to see what God has done. Um, we're, we're almost to reach our launch budget, um, already. And, um, we've, we've, we've been on, we've set out a goal to raise $300,000. Um, and 150 of that is our launch. And so we just cleared 125,000 coming through Christmas. Um, and you know, through multiple commitments, I've got several people praying about it. We've got 40, um, launch team members. Um, one of the things that I would say, and if any pastors are listening to this, this was huge to me. Um, not only were those churches a great network for me, um, Grace did this. There's been multiple other churches in the community that are doing this with me. They've been like, if God's calling you to go as a missionary with Brian and Jamie, go. Um, and I've watched other pastors say, if you live in CUNA, if you live in the area, um, you need to know, um, you're, you're not ours, you're God's. And if God's calling you go. So through that, that's where we've honestly received, um, the 40 that have made the commitment to go with us so far. Um, people from the treasure Valley, just reaching out saying, Hey, I want to know more about your mission. I want to be a part of this. And, um, then had some from my sending church, obviously go with us and literally families moving into the community and selling their houses and moving into the community with me and going just as missionaries to go with me. And so that's, that's been awesome. So we're, we're right now, January to March. Um, um, we're just trying to raise the funds and that way we can be distraction free going into this. We're trying to raise a launch budget and then trying to raise a full year support in advance so that we can go into that community and reach that community for Christ with no distractions. Um, so that's the goal there. And, um, then starting in, um, June, July, uh, we're going to start the team training. A lot of the training of people, we're going to be reaching out to the community starting in April. We're going to be starting, the sharing and advertising in the community. What would you say, what would you say is your model in terms of like, as you're thinking about planting, what do you want it to look like? Like, are you, are you a launch, launch, large, uh, attractional model? You more missional model? Yeah. Yeah. Can I talk to you? So we're, we're praying for a hundred adult leaders on launch day. That's September 13th. And one of our prayer will be a portable church. Um, unless God does 
dropped a building in our lap and he can do that. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. So it looks like we're going to be meeting in one of the schools Uh um, there in Keno. We haven't nailed that down, um, but been working with the facilities director there and he's, he's been awesome. But, um, so we're going to be meeting and we'll be load in, load out, um, for the first couple of years. Um, you know, whatever God, whatever that looks like. And then our, our, our passion is, is again, to engage the community, equip those that are there and empower them to live out God's design for their life. So from my standpoint, um, there's multi-site and then there's church planning and, E3 church is just going to be about multiplication and whether if God ends up allowing us to multi-site someday, that's what we'll do. If God allows us to send other church planners out and plant churches. Awesome. Um, that's, that's what I want to be about. So our model is going to be very much, you know, I want to, I have a dream to see teenagers carrying the keys in our church and actually leading ministries. Uh, one of the things I learned over in Israel that I just, I'll just share that I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm not saying every church does this, but I, I feel like we wait too long sometimes to give the keys t- to people who can lead. Um, yeah. I, I watched my 13 year old daughter and, um, yeah, she's got a lot of maturing left to do and my kids, but I look at my kids and go, I don't want to wait till they're 18 to give keys. Yep. Um, I want them to lead now and whenever, and Obviously, they are walking alongside somebody, but I'm passionate about seeing us invest in the next generation. And I want to I want to raise the next business owner. I want to raise I want to invest in and equip the next um, church planner, whatever that looks like in their fit for God's design. It's it. You know, we need more Christian businessmen. We need Christian politicians. We need um, church planners, missionaries. and so that's, that's our heart. Um, and, yeah. in yeah. engaging, equipping, empowering, um, those people to live out their design. And, and so I, the model, um, there's things that we're, I want to build our current church and grow it to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my passion is that that is just the first community we start impacting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have a vision to see the entire, I think city networks talked about it. We need 200 churches planted, um, here in the treasure Valley and we need four more churches in CUNA right now. Um, easily. And yeah. yeah. And the anticipation, there's about 25,000 people that live in CUNA right now. Um, they're expecting 50,000 in the next three to five years. And I think that's conservative. Um, so I, I see this multiplication that's gotta happen. We've got to stop hoarding and we've got to start releasing. And I I think that's uh, my heart. Very cool. Yeah, I I think that when you look at Jesus entrusting the kingdom of God to a bunch of teenagers and young adults, we hold on way too long. Yeah. Well, you know, when they turn 30, then we can really trust them. That wasn't that wasn't the mindset of Jesus. He basically was like, you know what? There's a teenager, 15, 16, 17. I gotta train them how to walk in my way, and then I'm gonna Yeah. And trust to them the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. And I that's our heart is equipping the saints to do the work of the Lord. Um, God forbid that I and I'm saying this to hold myself accountable to it as well, but God forbid that we start a church and it becomes about Brian Taylor um or Jamie Taylor. We've missed it. Yep. Um and 
I, I've seen multiple churches in this valley already doing it well, a legacy of releasing and their campuses to other campus pastors and saying, no, you're the leader now. And yeah. I'm going to be that Paul um, and Timothy model. I'm going to be that cheerleader for you. And that, that's the way it should be. Um, yeah. And cool. honestly, that's how I grew. When Keith did that to me and said, here, this is yours now. That weight and responsibility, it matured me. It grew me. Yeah. I, I had to be now in a place where I was leading other people. So I better, there was a responsibility and, and the bar raised big time for me when that happens. So you've got, you know, another six months, right? Yeah. Six, seven months till, till you're getting ready to launch, doing soft launch in like August. Yeah, we're going to do three practice services leading up to it. And um, so August, uh, last two Sundays in August, we'll be kind of figuring things out. And um, though, I mean, as far as those practice, but our launch day is September 13th. All right. And uh, training time starts in July where we start training the team pretty, pretty strong. Great. And um, God is... Um, bringing us leaders it's exciting but yeah um we're we don't know what we don't know still we're trying to learn in that regard but god's given us a, a vision and a plan and um so i'm just meeting with people when people reach out to me and say hey i'm interested i'm just sitting down with them and sharing that vision um without getting into all the details obviously i'm i'm sharing those details with them and saying here's where we're going here's what looks next great what what's your big prayer request like what's the thing that if god doesn't show up you know, before, yeah. before September in that way, it's not going to happen. Yeah. One of the things I feel like we've done well is to plan far enough in advance. We've taken a year and a half to prepare for this, but I'm praying and God's doing this, but I'm praying that we're able to raise that support, the funds, um, because the reality is, is without resources, you can't fund vision. Mm-hmm. And so I'm praying for those resources. Secondly, I'm praying for the right leaders. Um, it, you know, I, the tension is always there of the grass is always greener somewhere else. Um, this is not going to be easy. And so I'm, I'm praying for people who are committed all in people who feel like missionaries to go with us that have a sense of responsibility to see the kingdom, um, and to see that community reached and that they have a heart for CUNA. So I'm, I'm praying for the right leaders. And then thirdly, I'm, I'm praying for favor, um, in the community. I'm, I'm praying that God will, God is preparing the harvest and it's ripe. It's ready. Um, there are people, you know, 80% of our community are unchurched. They don't go, they don't identify with the church anywhere. And so I'm praying that God will give us favor with the right people, um, to be able to connect to that community and reach it. Um, and, and that we will not be a church who's about us. We will be about the city of CUNA. Um, that's, that's my big prayer. Help us not to be, Hey, we're going to come in and fix this. Help us to be, how can we come in and serve that community and help them see Jesus? Great. Well, man, that's, it's been a great, great time to be together. Brian, thank you for coming all the way from uh, Nampa. I know it's a trek once you cross county lines in Ada County, Yeah, (laughs) but you're going to be living here soon. So we'll be excited about it. It'll be closer. Yeah. yeah. Can't well, wait to see what God's going to do in Ada County and what he is doing. Yeah, um, man. Well, thanks for being on the podcast and for being a part of, of city network. And we're excited to see how God's going to use E3 out in CUNA for this next season. Yeah. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And um, I'm just blessed and humbled to be a part of the journey that so many others have, have started and done. 
All right, man. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to the City Network Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, join the discussion on our Facebook group at thecitynetwork.org slash group. Or sign up at the website to subscribe to updates from our blog and podcast. 